Thanks for tuning into the Foundry Church podcast, where we encourage others to forge a lifelong reliance on God. Join us live, in person, or online at 1030 on Sunday morning. You can find out more about us online at thefoundrychurch.com. Find us on social media by searching The Foundry Work. God bless. All right. Listen. Uh, we're going to dig in here just real quick in a couple minutes. One of the greatest examples that I can find of doing what God says can be found is in the book of Acts, right? Doing what he says, following the rules. And I think it, we've been in this series at, at the Foundry Church here, like I said earlier, where we've been working our way through the book of Acts, and we've come up with a, a battle plan, right? To do whatever it takes to forge ahead for the sake of one more soul. Right? Our ultimate goal as disciples, as followers of Jesus, is to make disciples. It is to share the wonderful grace and the powerful truth of what it means to follow Jesus and this abundant life. Right? Last week we started looking at the weapons that God gives us as we fight this battle. And we talked about earnest prayer. And this week we look at weapon number two. So turn with me to Acts real quick, chapter 8. Right? And if you don't have a Bible, you can use the Bibles that are in the seats in front of you, and you can take those Bibles with you. Uh, they are for you to take, to use, and to have. But we're going to be in Acts chapter 8, and as you're turning there, let me uh, make sure everyone knows what is going on in this story. Let me serve this up like a, a game of beach volleyball here. So the early church, the church that Jesus started, that Peter preached to when we first started the series, we looked at that sermon, the church that we strive to be like here at the Foundry, right? The, this Christian church, right? Not the only Christians, but Christians only, right? right? Follow Christ. Right? This church is being persecuted, and as a result, they have scattered right, across the land because of this persecution, and one of those Christians that had scattered, one of these leaders in this church, was a man named Philip. Right? Philip is first mentioned earlier in Acts chapter 6. Right? And there was this, this trouble with widows not being taken care of, so the apostles picked seven men to make sure everybody was well taken care of. And Philip, uh, the man we're going to look at here real quick today, was one of those people. Right? But here in chapter 8, Philip is a persecuted Christian who finds himself in Samaria, right? not his hometown. And let me just say, say this. He was doing a great job. He was fulfilling the mission. He was taking enemy ground. He was successful, beyond successful. Things were popping, right? as, as we would say today. Right? The church was growing. People were being healed. Uh, the Holy Spirit was changing lives. Chains were falling off. Right? People were just making a difference in their sphere of influence. They were forged. Right? It was a great time, and this is where we pick up the story. Right? So look with me, verses 26 is where we're going to start. Chapter 8. It says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south. To the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Right? This is a desert place, it says. And he rose 
and he went. Keep your finger right there. Right now, let me say, uh, let's, let's look at what, what's going on here, right? Now, I, I don't know, if we just zoom out here, I don't know about you, but if my church was doing great and it was growing, the church that I was a part of, the local outposts that I was a part of, if people were getting baptized left and right, if I got a word from God that I should leave that church, that local outpost, that success, and just not build, go and build another church, but go to the middle of the desert, right? My first instinct would be not to go, all right? I'm just being honest. It would be not to go, right? I would probably ask God if he had the wrong number, right? Hey, I would say, oh, God, I, I think you met a different Andrew because you cannot possibly be meaning me, right? I, things are popping, right? You see, Foundry Church, look at this. Leaving prosperity to go to a desert is foolish from man's perspective, right? But it is wise beyond measure if we're directed by God, right? If we're forged on God. Right? It's just like the kids learned from that verse in Jeremiah. We should do what God wants us to do. Right? We should do what God wants us to do. Why? Because he's God and we're not. <laughs> I asked her, he's God, we're not. Right? Because he knows a lot more than we do. Right? And that right there, that, that's an amen, hallelujah, praise be kind of statement. He's God and we're not. Right, because from the, the beginning of time, God has had a plan, Founded Church. And from the beginning of time, he has, taken, uh, he has been talking to us. He's been uh, entering into this relationship with us, this adventure that he's calling us on. He's been guiding us, helping us find our way home. Now, eh, and like I said, we're, we're called to help others to do the same. Because faith is private, but it's not personal. Right? We got to share. We got we to listen to what God is calling us to do, this, this mission that He's calling us to be and to be a, a part of. Right? Let's take a quick look at the rest of this story. All right? Verse 27, where we left off, it says, And he rose and he went, and there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So he listened. He did what God said, right? He went over. He joined the chariot. So Philip ran to him and, and heard him reading Isaiah, the prophet, and asked, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? Again, right? We got we to gotta share, right? We got we to share our grace and the truth. We got to share who Jesus is. Right? How can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now, the, the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. It says, like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. And like a lamb before its shearer, it's silent. So he opens not his mouth, right? In his humiliation, justice was denied him, right? Who can describe his generation for his life is taken away from the earth? And the eunuch said to Philip, about whom I ask you, does this prophet say this about himself or about someone else? 
Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Hey, see, here's water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and baptized him. And when he came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on rejoicing. Right? That's an amazing story. Right? God was not just guiding Philip to go to a desert place, just an uh, uh, empty place, right? But, you know, to go there and to uh, kick his feet up under an oasis of palm trees, sipping matais and smoking his favorite cigar. That's not what God was calling him to do, right? God was sending Philip to the desert to meet someone, someone who needed help knowing what to do, someone who needed a weapon. And again, this is the second weapon that we want to take with us when we're taking enemy ground. First, it was prayer last week, and we find this week's one in verse 35. Look at what it says. Let's read that again. It says, then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. Right? He, did what, he did what the Lord called him to do. He obeyed. Right, just like what we learned from the founder of kids, right? And then he, he took his weapon and he took enemy ground, right? Do you know what you want to do? Do you know what you're supposed to do? Right? Do, do you know what God is telling us to do? What he's telling you to do and, and how to lead your family? Do you, do you uh, want to know the good news? Start with the word. Start with the word of God. This is his revelation to us. Guys, right, start with the word of God, right, start with your Bible, right, this book has the power uh, to change lives because it is God's word to us. It has the power to change your life because it's God's word to you, right, it's, it's a true weapon that has the power to change everything, right, you can flip in the New Testament still to a letter that Paul was writing uh, to the Ephesians, uh, later on in the New Testament, and he says this in chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 12 through 20. All right, turn there and highlight this in your Bible, because this is, this is strong, right? He says this, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't wrestle against weak men. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fasted. Uh, fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and the shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Right? And he goes on, he says, and take up the, the helmet, he goes on, I'm sorry, verse 18, Praying at all times in the spirit 
with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Again, we're going into battle, right? We're, we're taking our sword, we're taking our armor, right? We're, we're taking this weapon and we're proclaiming boldly the gospel message, right? Faith is private. You got to make that decision to follow Jesus yourself, but it's not personal, right? You share it. It's your mission, right? Tell other people what Jesus has done for you, right? Paul calls the Bible a sword, and he says, above all things, he says, if you're going to do nothing else, hold up your faith as a shield and your salvation as a helmet. Bring your weapon, the word of God, right? If you're going into the battlefield of life, if you're going to uh, go on about forging ahead, forging your life on God and guiding others to do the same, and you're not sure what is going to come your way, you better bring your weapon, the word of God, your Bible, Right? And if you're going into a tricky situation and you're not sure which direction to go, you better take your weapon, God's word, the Bible. Right? Right? If you're struggling with shame, if you're struggling with regret, or if something that's keeping you from, from uh, forging ahead, or if something's keeping you and pulling you back into darkness, well, next time you feel that tug, cut it off. Right? Bring your weapon, the word of God. Foundry Church, the New Testament, right, in the New Testament, swords were not for digging, they were not for shaving, right, or whittling, they were for killing, death, right? It seems pretty simple, but we forget the fact, uh, when we're talking about the weapon of God's word, we forget that, right? When Paul calls the the word of God the sword of the spirit, he's serious, something must be put to death, Something must be put to death. And maybe it's that shame. Maybe it's your worries. Maybe it's your sin. You're missing the mark. And maybe, maybe it's your fear. All right? It's the fear that you have to talk about your, with your friend about what Jesus has done for you. Right? You don't know what they're going to say or how they're going to react. Right? The, the, the weapon of the Bible puts that fear to death, Foundry Church. Look what Philip did. He took the scripture that the Ethiopian was reading and used it to put death to his fear of going into this desert and leaving a successful ministry behind. He took the scripture and he held up his weapon to show the eunuch two things, right? Who Jesus was, the lamb, and what he did for him, he went to the slaughter. He was the ultimate sacrifice. That's our Jesus. That's our God that we're forging our life on. Guys, it's that simple. You don't have to be some sort of expert swordsman to use this weapon. Right? You know, the princess bride guy, right? You don't got to be him. Right? You don't have to be some sort of expert with it. You just have to trust its power, and you got to do what it says. Right? Then and only then. You can take enemy ground. 